Blog Talk Radio. Order up. Professional wrestling savior, the Juice JT Dunn, and you're listening to the Squared Circle Cafe only on blogtalkradio.com. And you're listening to blogtalkradio.com. I am your hostess, Daria, coming in to the show. Have a nice, cool cup of ice show on this warm August evening. It is August 9, 2017. And that was JT Dunn, who recently made his debut at Russell Circus um, this weekend. And from what I heard, he, he actually from what I saw, he got quite a standing ovation from the Russell Circus crowd and the welcomed, please come back, please come back chant that you get when you really put on an awesome performance. So JT Dunn has been announced to return for Russell Circus in September. Who he wrestles? Well, just wait to find out. Something to tune into. All right, coming on right now. And I'm sure she's got a lot to talk about, especially after her adventures this weekend. Live from the 508, here's Beth, everybody. Hi there. Hello. How are you doing today? A little sore and a little tired because we have a corporate inspection coming tomorrow. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so there's well, been lots. And lots of cleaning at work. Well, I'm sure everything will be fine and you'll pass with flying colors. <laughs> and while you're I here, I hope so because you know tomorrow is I have I have 12 hours of work left, 12 hours of work left between me and Pete Dunn. Mm-hmm. And before I forget, and don't think I wasn't going to say anything. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, even though it was yesterday, happy birthday to you. <laughs> Just couldn't let me slide. Nope. <laughs> well, you had quite, you, yeah, this weekend will be quite the birthday celebration, but last weekend you had quite the adventure. And right now, I'm going to turn the floor over to you, and you talk about what you did this weekend at a certain lifetime event, so to speak. <laughs> All right. Well, this past weekend, I had the weekend off from work because, you know, I requested it. Um, because I decided that I wanted to 
smoke a little truck from Massachusetts to Voorhees, New Jersey to witness CZW's once-in-a-lifetime IPTV, which some of you may have actually watched on High Spots. It was pretty. It was a pretty awesome show. The show kicked off with an with a match that they entitled Aerial Assault. There were definitely lots of high flying spots in this match. Um, it actually had ten participants. We had Jimmy Lloyd, Pandita, Kit Osborne, Anthony Bennett. Jason Gorey, Brandon Watts, Smiley, Ken Broadway, and I was tremendously surprised and proud to see two local New England guys there that participated in the match, and one of them actually won. We had, representing the new Gore Order, the Mind Eraser, Mike Grossa, and our winner, AC Baby, Ace Romero. It was an amazing match. Our next next we had a um, match for the CCW Wired Championship match, where the champion Maxwell Jacob Friedman defeated the challenger John Silver to retain the title. That was a really good technical match. I mean, John Silver's amazing. Anytime he, I've seen him in the ring, this was my first time getting to see. Maxwell Jacob Friedman live, and I will definitely, I definitely have to say he was definitely, he's definitely lived up to the hype that I've heard. We had a triple threat tag match featuring the Storm of Entrails, which is Dan O'Hare and Schlack, and they defeated The Awakening, which was the team of Stockade and G-Raver, and Hideke Osaku and Reijin Yaguchi. I am so sorry if I completely butchered their first name. Obviously, hi, I'm a basic white girl. Japanese is not my first language. We had the current two-second man in CCW, professional wrestling's own Tim Dodds, defeat Ace Austin Shakespeare. But Tim's whole thing right now is he can defeat anybody in two seconds. This match actually went a bit longer than that. The official time for the match was two minutes and 22 seconds, which, you know, was kind of cool. We had, a cha- we had a match for the CZW Championship where the champion, Shane Strickland, defeated Masada to retain his title. I, I, of course, got to see one of my favorite things in the world, which I, which I like to call Masada making a unicorn. For those of oh. you that aren't familiar with Masada, mm. the skewers to the forehead. Ugh. I'm sorry. I live for this crap, and you know that. Well, I know that. I know right. what you're talking about because I first saw him see you do it on Kevin's team, but go ahead. We had in a match that they dubbed the final chapter because one of the participants 
it was his last match ever in CCW, and getting very close to the point where it's going to be his last independent matches because he is going to the broader pastor. He is going to be going to the uh, broader spectrum of. I'm not quite sure whether he will be based out of Florida or Stamford, but we had Leo Rush defeat the bad boy Joey Janela. Let me tell you, it was a it was a really good match. I definitely enjoyed it. We then had a brief intermission while they set the ring up and everything. By setting the ring up, they took the they took all the ropes down. We had two sides that had a top and bottom rope, and then cross ropes of barbed wire, and then the other two sides of the ring just had top ropes that were barbed wire. I mean, hello. The two participants, I'll be back to that. We had the once-in-a-lifetime match of Matt, the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That's right. Not Father Matthew Tremont. The bulldozer came back because the bulldozer is the one that that had issued the challenge. But we had Matt Tremont versus Atsushi Onida. It originally started as a singles match, but ended up becoming a six-man tag match because during the match, Yaguchi and Hosaka attacked Matt Tremont only for Danny Havoc and Ricky Shane Page to come out and make the save. We ended up turning it into a six-man tag match, which was billed as Team CZW, obviously consisting of Danny Havoc in his next-to-last CZW match ever, and Ricky Shane Page with the bulldozer Matt Tremont versus Yaguchi, Hosaka, and Onida. Team FMW ended up defeating Team CZW. Post-match, Onida got on the mic, challenged Tremont to come to Japan for another match, with Onida putting over that this time there will be real explosions. Tremont got on the mic and told him that he will see him in Japan in, in October as Onida continued slapping him. Um... One of the big things about this ma- about this whole promo with Onita is Onita also told Tremont that if he comes to Japan, he is the Onita is putting his death match title up against Tremont, and that after this match, Onita is retiring. So you know, I mean, it was definitely an amazing experience. I mean, what with it being Leo Rush's last match and with Onita and everything, emotional announcement that he's retiring, but it was definitely the experience as the title of the show claimed for it to be was definitely a once in a lifetime experience and I am so grateful that I was able to experience this. Well, JC, what do you think of Best Adventure? Man, it was sounded like it was wild from the beginning to the end. Oh, hi everybody! <laughs> you know, um, so yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, I I do also want to say, as as we all know, there is no love lost between myself and Leo Rush, particularly given a little clip where we had about a year and a half ago, but. I was the bigger person, and after the show, 
I did go up to him. I did shake his hand. I did tell him that he is damn good at what he does because at points where he has been a heel, I have absolutely loathed him, and I wished him luck in what's in, in the next step that he is taking in his pro wrestling journey. He looked at me, shook my hand, smiled at me, and said, thank you very much. That honestly means a lot to me. Oh, Yo. good for you. Aww. I was kind of... It's always good when stuff like that happens. Yeah, I was going to say something when when the whole, whole, whole news about Leo Rush came up, and I was like, about to mention it on a, like a couple of shows back, then I said, uh, hmm, maybe you <laughs> have to think about that one. <laughs> so, uh, well, it was, you know. it was being rumbled that um, Rush was getting ready to sign, um, it was just being made official. It was just, you know, it's just now recently being made official. Um, I do know that one of our affiliates out of Baltimore, Shinblade, will be heading to MCW for Leo Russ's final final show in MCW. And uh, Beth, I believe you met Shinblade. I did. So how was that? Why are there two of these open? Um, he actually approached me and introduced himself to me. Granted, he said that it was because a certain loudmouth on the show, I don't know who that could possibly be, had mentioned know. that I was there and that he should <laughs> find me and introduce himself to me. <laughs> JC, you just had to say something, didn't you? Yes, yes, I had to say something. <laughs> yes, that's it, that's it. It, it, was, it, was the show, it was the show's mouth of the self. Certainly not our, you know, intrepid leader. The mouth of the Amazon, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Jason's our mouth of the South. I'm the mouth of the Amazon. So what does that make you, Beth? Uh, <laughs> yo, the, yo. The voice of the goddess. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will I say I am that. actually going to have the opportunity to see our friend Shinblade again Friday night because he will be at Battle Club at the Battle Club Pro Show that I am attending in Brooklyn, New York. Which I know Yo. you're very excited hey. for. Hey, 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 I just thought of an idea. Why don't we invite him back? I'll have to double check with him for the schedule because it seems like every time we have a show, he's off doing something. So I'll definitely get in touch with him to try to come back on the show. But, Beth, there are a couple things I want to cover because that night I was watching my timeline of people watching the CCW show online on high spots and stuff. And a couple of things that are worth mentioning was that, for one, um, there was a, apparently there was a spot between Leo Rush and Joey Janela that a lot of people were either complaining about or giving props about, which, you know, that goes without saying in wrestling. And from what I've been reading, Apparently, there was a powerbomb and there was a no step. I mean, you were there. Can you explain what you saw that got people 
like on the fence about this? Well, see, here's the thing. First of all, I mean, yes, I, I ended up, yes, I ended up getting to sit second row, which is a whole other story. But um, it was honestly, I had people standing in front in the front row, standing up in front of me. So there were points, uh, there were points where my view was obscured. So I don't, I don't quite recall witnessing a no sell, but you know if. People say it happened, then it possibly did. But honestly, I thought top to bottom, the match was good. I just thought it was kind of crazy that, uh, I mean, it was, the the spot I'm thinking of that they're thinking for that, it was um, Janela with the powerbomb on Rush and... It looked honest to me, honestly to me, it just looked like it just didn't quite land the way it was supposed to. So it was, I guess it was, well, it didn't quite work right. So I'm going to say it didn't do nothing. I'm going to say it didn't do nothing to me. Obviously, I don't know what was going through either of their minds because, hi, I am neither Joanna Janela nor Leo Rush. Oh, oh, oh. Or, um, another thing. There was a promo played at the end of the show with CZW owner DJ Hyde in the back of a car. And he got a, fo- he got a phone call. And the cryptic words, I'm selling the company, were uttered. And basically, it's been hinted that we have to wait till the show in September to find out what's going on, which coincidentally, I will say I do have it from inside sources who I will not name because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, and I don't know how fully, fully public this information is, but the September show will be CZW's last show at the Virtual Flyers Skate Zone in Voorhees, New Jersey. I don't know where the exact location is that they're moving to for their shows. All I have been told is that it is close to where Dojo Wars takes place every week. So, also, this next show on September 9th will be Danny Havoc's last show before he retires. And it is also the CZW return of... The cream in my coffee, my favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, Mr. America Rana, Mr. 104-Minute Man, the 104-Minute Man, the physical embodiment of charisma, the king of taunts, the product, David Starr, uh, who is currently touring in England right now. So it's good to see him back there. Yeah, pretty sweet. And I think I have heard rumblings of CCW possibly being sold on some online sites. So, but we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, companies are getting bought out, sold left and right here. So for CCW, you know, that's that's a big deal, especially considering how big CCW has gotten over the years. So this definitely is something 
to look out for and to keep up with and let's see what happens. But the other moment I want to say, too, about once in a lifetime that I was seeing on my timeline was the fact that the match went from being a singles match to a six-man tag. And apparently there were rumors as well that Onita was actually holding up DJ Hyde for money to perform. So, and I do, you know, I mean, Doug, I said, these are just rumors and stuff. Rumors. Right. I personally haven't heard those rumors, but I will say that I honestly, to, to be completely honest, given events of the days leading up to the show, I honestly, I, I didn't know who the participants would be, but I honestly expected it to end up into a multi-man match situation simply because of the fact that Matt got out of the hospital three days before the show after being in the hospital for 11 days. So, you know, I mean, he even said in his promos he was not at 100%. So, I mean, I am glad that the booking played out the way it did so that there was no risk of him further having anything happen to him to immediately put him back into the hospital. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that, too, because it would have made more sense, because if Matt Tremont wasn't at 100%, it wouldn't be fair for him to get into a matchup that even though it was billed once in a lifetime and was a dream match, if you're still not 100%, you're not going to give it your all, and you're not going to be able to give the fans a performance. So I'm... Props to CCW for helping out and turning it into a six-man tag and still giving people that taste of Tremont versus Onita. And you're still going to have a taste of it because he's going to wrestle him in Japan. And I'm pretty sure that match will be available online. So I think it's like a win-win situation for everybody. So, I mean, so all in all, that's the adventure CCW was pretty kick-ass, right? Indeed. All right, well, I'm glad you enjoy yourself, and I can't wait till next week to hear everything you have to say about progress because I know that's going to be a lot of fun. Although we're going to have to figure out when to do the show next week because my only day off next week is next Tuesday, and um, there's a certain show that's going to be in town, so I'm not going to be available that night. So I guess maybe you two could probably do a disaster piece theater on your own. Because, um, you know, I'm going to be a little busy someplace else. Just say you're, you're a superhero at night and, and keep it moving, Daria. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay, because, you know, I, I'm really not sure how much you're going to enjoy being in being with those other obligations next Tuesday, considering there's going to be somebody there that you're not even going to be able to see. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. There's going to be somebody there I won't be able to see. Uh, well, I'll just have to deal with the other stars. I can't believe I almost had to try to veil, in a veiled way, explain that to you. Oh, I can't no. believe you, you didn't get that reference. I'm, I'm highly disappointed in you that you almost didn't. 
Well, you got to remember, remember, I'm the queen of delayed reactions. That's why it took me 10 seconds to realize exactly who you were talking about. Huh? <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, switching over to WWE news, um, as we all found out this past Monday night on Raw, unfortunately, um, the women's title matchup has been changed due to the fact that Bailey suffered a separated shoulder in her tag team match a couple weeks back which means she had to pull herself out of the matchup due to injuries. She didn't suffer a separated shoulder in a tag team match two weeks ago. She separated a a separated shoulder from her match last week against Nia Jax. Oh, it was last week. Okay. Um, Thank you. Um, Either way, she's injured, and she's going to have to be pulled out of the biggest event of the summer. And pulled out of her rematch against Alexa Bliss. Okay. Well, <laughs> so we had a series of... Ma- okay, well, let's talk about first the interview of her having to make this announcement. Now, you already know it was pretty bad when Bailey didn't come out with her trademark ponytail. So you knew the injury was bad enough that she couldn't even do that. But for the crowd reaction, I mean, what were you guys thinking when you heard how the crowd was acting? Oh, oh here we go again. Oh, okay. That that was that was that was my reaction. Here we go again, that oh-so-fickle internet wrestling community. Right. That is, it's yeah. Like, it's like, okay, so what I'm getting at, what I'm seeing is you're getting mad because what were they getting mad at her about? I, I'm still confused about that. I'm so confused about that, but here's my thing. No offense, if the rumors that they're going to turn, if if the rumors that they're going to turn Sasha heel are correct, then I'm sorry. They completely booked Sasha coming down and talking with Bailey and everything completely wrong because that was the perfect opportunity to start Sasha turning heel. What? They're giving the chance to compete to Alexa to me. What makes you think I want your cast off? What makes you think I want, what makes you think that I, I want you to feel bad for me and give me your shot? No, I'd rather earn it. Well, that is kind of true. And I've kind of noticed that the fans in Canada, I mean, they weren't exactly sympathetic at all to to that situation, as well as the fans online. Um, But it seems like the fans online, most of them were more sympathetic about this whole situation. But Beth is right. This would have been a great time for Sasha to come out and be like, you know, I'm sorry you got injured, but um, this is my time now, so you can get going, you know. Stuff like that, and who knows how long Bailey's going to be out for? Shoulder injury is a good maybe six to eight weeks, maybe longer, um, depending on how bad it is. So we get the two triple threat matches. Sasha wins her match, 
Nia Jax from her match. So this Monday night on Raw, for those of you going to the one in Boston, you're going to see Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax to determine who becomes the number one contender. Now, I'm looking at this, and we kind of know something's going on between Alexa and Nia. Of course, they're real-life best friends, and now they're trying to play off that on Monday Night Raw. But let's face it, when stuff like that happens, that usually means one thing. Nia is planning on going for that belt. I personally feel that SummerSlam is going to be Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. I mean, do you guys agree or disagree? I mean, what do you think? I agree. The way they're building, of course, is going to end up being it. So do you think this is going to be Nia's time finally to become the WWE Women's Raw Champion? (sighs) Or, Or do you think Alexa will find some way of outmaneuvering her and actually getting the victory. Because I think... I'm, I'm, hope, I'm, ho- I'm hoping my Alexa keeps it, but at the same time, I love Naya, and I, th- I think it would be fantastic to uh, just with the climate of the world even, to have a strong, beautiful, not taking any crap from anybody, plus size woman out there to be a role model? Oh, yes. Preach. <laughs> you know, I guess, I mean, I'm with y'all. Totally, I'm with y'all. I'm right there. I guess because I just don't have faith in raw creative for just everything. I just don't have well, faith in them. What? None whatsoever. Well, I think the way it was originally going to be built up, and this is the theory I had, was that Bailey would win at SummerSlam, get her belt back, Alexa would have the, you know, mandatory rematch, probably on Raw, not get it, but then Bailey would be ambushed by Nia Jax, and somehow that would set the ball rolling for Nia versus Bailey at the September pay per view. See, I have a feeling they're going to put the title on Nia anyway, but now they're going to have to rush it because Bailey's out with an injury. You know, kind of like a rematch from their matchup that they had at NXT TakeOver a couple years back. Um, But, yeah, I mean, as much as you're correct about Raw Creative pretty much buying stock in Jose Cuervo and downing it before every single show... You know, I still in hope, oh, Lord, do I hope that Nia Jax does win because Beth is right in saying that we need a strong woman as champion, plus size, showing everyone that you don't have to, you know, be small and petite. Not taking anything away from Alexa because she's five feet of dangerousness right there. I mean, that's, that's a... You know, everybody, I mean, she pretty much is the Harley Quinn of WWE. <laughs> but to have Nia as a dominant champion, that is going to work out so well. And let's, as we said, let's hope Raw Creative doesn't screw it up. 
But <clears throat> all right, moving on to the main event, which they actually got right for once. We had the last man standing matchup between Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, which Roman was pretty close to winning if it hadn't been for the fourth member of the Fatal Four Way, since Brock Lesnar was on earlier in the evening, Samoa Joe. I got to talk about this match. Yes. Because there's a lot. Somebody, I mean, not somebody, but it's been floating around since just, uh, since um, a Monday night. And it's been in several um, news on news sites, which I didn't pay attention to because I went in knowing Roman wasn't going to win. So I already knew that. And I was expecting, and, and I knew it was going to be Braun because, again, you got to make this dude a credible threat to Brock. Okay? So I went in knowing that. But apparently, when, okay, apparently when um, Samoa Joe jumps up and put um, Homeboy, or sorry, Roman in the, in the chokehold, <laughs> um, okay. The match is supposed to be no DQ, right? And the referee is supposed to count, right? Because the man that's on the ground is supposed to get the 10 count. And if he doesn't get up before the 10 count, then he loses, right? So how come Roman, who, even though he's being choked to death, is standing, Braun Strowman is on the ground, and the referee stops at count eight. There was a lot of people who did point that out. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's like, and it's not even just this. Have y'all noticed that a few of the last few matches, it's been, the the ref's call has been just shitty. And I don't know if that's like planning or what. I mean, of course, obviously the the one with, um, with KO and, um, you know, from SmackDown. Yeah. <coughs> not not the first one. The first one was supposed to be was was an actual legit screw up. I mean the one that we just had with now Shane is the uh ref, referee. That one I'm kinda okay. I, I think that was written written that way for whatever. But it just seems like the last few matches is just what is wrong with the refs, man? Well, it was rumored that the matchup between Kevin Owens and AJ from Battleground was kind of screwed up because AJ was supposed to win that matchup and said Kevin Owens won. Right. And p- people were blaming the referee on that one, too. So it, it has been, the referees have been kind of iffy as of late. So... Yeah, the fact that that last man standing match ended the way it did. I mean, yeah, Braun Strowman won. Woohoo. You know, good for him. But it still should have been, the rest still should have been counting both of them down instead of stopping at eight and seeing Samoa Joe choke out Roman there. I mean, was the referee waiting for Roman to drop and then finish the count? But even 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 though even if you take out take all of that, check this out. How the heck 
Harris being out, you could have counted to 20. He, he was out, and all of a sudden he just pops up and gets up and he wins the match. I mean, he literally just popped up. How? You just got speared to hell and you just jump up? I mean, I don't expect you to stumble, but just pop up like that? Yeah, that is yeah, that is the thing. I mean, I know Braun's supposed to be strong, the big man and stuff, but that was that was a little too far fetched even for him. So I don't know. I mean, all I know is that this Monday and Tuesday are the go home shows for SummerSlam, and I'm hoping that Monday they do somewhat address the situation because it does seem weird how all of a sudden. New, new rules are popping up for old matches that we already know about. So I don't know. We'll just have to. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, all I care about is the fact that if one of those three guys wins. Brock Lesnar is G O N E. That's all I care about. <laughs> okay. Oh he man, did you gone. see that opening? That that opening shot though. The opening um. Thing, you know, Miz TV. I mean, well, it's not like I'm a fan of Miz anyway, so it's not like I could feel sorry for the group. Um, <laughs> didn't want to see Brock Lesnar, but at the same time, Miz kind of got what was coming to him. But do oh. but for the dude, no, he's gonna get whooped. He was speaking. He he totally was speaking some stuff that I was kind of like, yeah, you're right. Because literally, he was like telling, he was literally saying, I don't care who wins as long as it ain't you. So I was like. Man. Yeah, I mean, I guess Miz was pretty much saying what everyone else was too scared to say. The only problem is that Miz paid for it. Maybe that's why nobody else yeah. has said it. <laughs> yeah, There's actually true. another match that actually has got a huge question mark on it. And that is, of course, the. Possibility, well, it hasn't been officially announced yet, but, you know, we're looking at the Hardys versus the Revival for SummerSlam. However, Dash Wilder tweeted that um, Scott Dawson recently injured his arm. So now when that match is up in the air. And as we noticed, the Hardys were not on this week on Monday Night Raw. Wrestling yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, com is reporting that since um, since Scott Dawson is injured, they pulled the Hardys off TV so that way they wouldn't have so that way you know because they have nothing to lead in with to their upcoming matchup. But now this begs the question that if the revival pulled. From SummerSlam, who are the Hardys going to face? The only other team that would be would be the club. Uh-huh. <laughs> who also oh, got involved man. in that melee last week? Um, uh-huh. Well, they can't face the tag team champions because we pretty much know what's going to happen. We pretty much know from this past Monday Night on Raw we had Dean Ambrose not save Seth Rollins from beatdown from Cesaro and Sheamus. 
But then as he's being beaten down by Cesaro and Sheamus after his victory over Cesaro, um, you about to say Shinsuke came out. <laughs> I was trying not to, you know why? Because I was, because that's what's on my head. I was thinking ahead of myself. <laughs> Seth came out to help Dean beat up Cesaro and Sheamus. Dean, of course, you know, still kind of iffy, but he's like, "All right, whatever." Puts his fist out, and of course, the crowd is exploding. He's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Here we go! We're gonna see it! We're gonna see it! We're gonna see it!" And Seth walks away. But, okay, all right, before I give my opinion about this, I'm going to ask both of you, how do you feel about this whole storyline right now? Uh, On the one hand, I think it would be kind of cool to see the two of them back together, but on the other hand, I also know the sting of betrayal and how hard it is to take for someone to forgive somebody so I'm really not sure. Beth, what do you think? Do you think Seth and Dean should get together and bury the hatchet, or do you think Dean should keep distrusting Seth? Well, as I said previously, I'm, I wasn't really a fan of the Shield, so I could care less if they reunite. But honestly... I don't. I, I'm not quite sure that I like this uh, kind of fakey stuff. I much prefer stuff as a heel. Yeah, I mean, I gotta admit, Seth does work better as a heel. But we all know what pretty much this is gonna lead to. This is gonna lead to Seth and Dean teaming up to face Cesaro and Sheamus for the tag team titles. It's, but oh, then, it's pretty much, what's happening? Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, that's, I was going to say it's all but announced. Yeah, but my thing is about it, about it is, okay, one, I don't like the fact that everybody's like, um, it's been three years. Get over it. That's how it sounds like. It's like it's like you telling somebody that's been through some traumatic experience experience. Um a bunch of time has passed, you need to move on. That's what it's not I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Alright? And it seems more like everybody is more of on Seth being forgiven than on Dean uh on Dean's feelings. So it kind of, and it's like, and, and of course it's like, oh, I just want them to get back together because you know, Ann Rollins. Oh God, y'all, please. I just don't feel like it's, it's like everybody's so hyped on Seth that they're like saying, "Fuck Dean's feelings. I want, I want the Shield reunion." And it comes up. That's how it comes off to me. And two, okay, they win the tag team titles. Now what? What are you going to do after the fact? Are you going to talk about a shield reunion? Because really, if that's where you're going with this, then you don't have a. Then the only reason y'all doing this is to have and then put Roman back in this situation, which I think at this point Roman is like way bigger than trying to put a shield reunion. It's just 
Y'all just doing this for the nostalgia feel, and I feel at this point, the shit, shit nostalgia has moved on. Let it stay in the past. I mean, if you want to do a shit reunion, at least wait a good five years for it. But right now, I just don't feel like it's needed, especially when it comes to Roman, because he's going to move on and miss other stuff. I mean, you need to build on Dean and Seth, and this tag team thing just seems like a short-term, short-term solution that, you know, it just sucks again. Raw creative tank right for shit. I rambled. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, you're, you're right pretty much. I mean, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. is one of those few factions that are better off not getting back together. I know everyone wants to see this and that, get back together, whatever, you know, everyone says, you know, oh, they should get back together, they should get back together. But I think this is one faction where they had their run, they're fine, and it's time to move on. Their shield's not going to get back together. And we shouldn't even call it that anymore because they're not. Shield is all three of them. This is Seth and Dean. That's all it is. I mean, hell, well, then what are they going to do if Roman winds up winning at SummerSlam? I mean, he doesn't need them. He's obviously able to win the title by himself. So, now, leave it in the past. Let it go. Shield is gone. We have our memories. Move on. Yeah, in the story. Um, Oh, when we were talking about Nia, did anybody listen to her interview on um, Talk to Jericho? I have not had a chance to listen to it yet. My podcast option on my iTunes is acting crazy. But um, give us a rundown. What was it like? I mean, I, I've only heard part of it. i got to go back and listen to the rest of it. But it was like they are just talking about how um, – oh, what stuff they were talking about. How she got into the business, um, her relationship to The Rock. Um, what is it? Oh, a little funny story about her and uh, Jericho, where Jer- like they had like a in the beginning they had like this uh, disagreement, and she tried to had and she had to totally convince him, or because he kept saying he didn't believe that she was related to the Rock, and she had to kind of convince him, whatever. Um, what was it? Um, she, um, she was talking about her training, um, about when she was a model, when she was doing plus size modeling, um. Oh, it was like a part where they're talking about um, a drunk Samoan, <laughs> something like that. She's like, because mm-hmm. they were saying she, she was saying like, because uh, they were talking about uh, drinking or going out to drinks, right? And she said she was like, I'm a happy drunk or something. And then he, and then she's like, Have you ever been around a, a drunk Samoan? And he said, Yeah, all of them. And someone says Roman is kind of like the like really chill, <laughs> like uh, he's the dude that like drinks and just sits there. It just bobs his head to the music. <laughs> so he's the chill out drunk. Right. So, um, and so what else they were talking about? Um, they were talking about her WrestleMania moment. Um, and I think that's where I kind of got, I had to stop because I was listening to it at work. And literally, I was listening to it like on and off during the day. And then by the time I looked up at the clock, it was time to go, and I had to leave, and I hadn't went back to look at it yet or listen to it. The rest of it, um, but it's been getting a lot of 
uh, positive reviews and everything. So if you get a chance to, check it out. All right. I most definitely will check it out. I mean, definitely, I definitely live with listening. I mean, I love Naya. I think she's a phenomenal athlete and downright gorgeous. So I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear it for myself. So it's going to be cool if I can get my iTunes to work. Ugh, technology. All right. Well, let's do a little quick station identification. Hey, this is the Mighty Racer, Mike Grassa, and you're listening to the Square Circle Cafe. Whom Beth did see this past weekend at CCW, making his CCW debut. I can't think the most couple times that I know eight times. Say that again? Okay, I think she's been there before. I know eight times. Oh, okay. All right, switching over to CCW, I mean, from CCW to WWE, SmackDown. <laughs> we have been talking uh, about WWE. We're not switching over to anything with this power. We're switching from a lot of SmackDown. I know. <laughs> In the infamous words of the now returned James Ellsworth, duh. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the perfect opportunity to use it. And as I told you Uh, many times last weekend, you leave that door open for me, bitch, I'm crashing through that wall like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. I know, but this is one return that no one wanted to see. Now, I'm sitting here watching Naomi versus Carmella, and I tweeted it on my I, on my Twitter page. I said, I even said it. I was like, isn't Ellsworth's time almost up? And sure enough, no sooner did I send that tweet out, here he is, popping up from under the ring like a little rat and helping Carmella defeat Naomi. So... Carmella's insurance policy has made his return, but of course not without warning from Natalia. You did this. I'll hold you responsible for it. You're talking to me. You're the one who booked the main event for SummerSlam. (laughs) Okay, and at least it's a crazy event. I'm like April from Saturday. Hello. Beth, if you have Again, a blanket over your yeah. microphone, you're sounding, like, you're sounding like you're under a blanket. No, I'm not under, I'm not under a blanket. What? Okay, well, your microphone is, your, your microphone's a bit muffled. I'm sorry, I was getting, I was getting comfy. It was a long day today. Oh, all right. Well, all I know is is that, is that Hardy? Oh, damn, I didn't know he was that loud. Hey, man, chill out. (laughs) I thought I heard heard Hardy. No, 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 it's fine. We all know Hardy is our resident mascot for this show, so it's no problem. Hey, Hardy, I guess that's his way of saying how he doesn't want Ellsworth being back. Okay. He's a good guy. It's all your fault. 
No, he well, was I think he agrees with the fact but, yeah. that I called him a little. Well, I think I agree with he agrees with the fact that I called the guy a little rat, and his cat hates mm. rats. He's probably charming in. Ah. Mm-hmm. Man, well, I mean, this now on, with Ellsworth back, unfortunately, this does kind of present a problem because Carmella, she is the Money in the Bank champion, and we've got SummerSlam coming up. So, and Ellsworth is back, and we all know Ellsworth can do anything to help out Carmella. So, you know, even though Natalia gave them a warning, Carmella gave her just as much a warning. She could win this match, but that doesn't mean she'll be champion for very long. And same How about Naomi. this scenario? How about this scenario? Because I kind of got this feeling Naomi is not walking out of SummerSlam with the title, which kind of sucks, but I kind of understand. Natalia wins. Carmella comes out and successfully cashes in her money in the bank. So not only do we have one title change, we have another title change in the exact same night. I'm waiting for her to cash that in, become the champion, and then dump Ellsworth's sorry ass. We all know that's what, yeah. the, that's what the whole thing is. I mean, that really should be the build-up right there. Ellsworth does all this for her, only for her to turn around and say, I'm the champion, get lost, loser. You know, because we all know that's what the payoff is. At least I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that's what the payoff is. This is the one time yeah. that if Jeremy was here, he would say, if it happens, you booked it. And, oh, Lord, exactly. do I want this book. <laughs> mm. But it doesn't take away from the fact that. that even though she got some help, Carmella did pin Naomi. So Right. So yeah, and so there's, I mean, there is that. So we just have to see what happens at SummerSlam. But yeah, I think we're all in agreement. When we like to say we like to see Ellsworth with egg all over his face when Carmella dumps his sorry ass. So of course. Oh, did anyone follow? Does anyone here? Everyone here follow Natalia on Twitter? Yes. Okay. I do. Well, she tweeted out a picture of Carmella, but she superimposed James Ellsworth's lack of a chin on her face. And wow! It's because uh, remember she said on the show that she'll kick Carmella so hard she'll look like James Ellsworth's chin, or lack thereof, chinless like he is. And if you look at the picture. It's one of those pictures where it's too ugly to look at, but you can't help but look at it. Even Sasha called her out on it. Damn. You know that, um, um, what's I was going to say? Um, I'm sorry. Huh? Beth, are you okay? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I'm listening. All right. I'm listening. Remember? I'm just thinking, taking things in. Oh, okay. Um, 
Yeah, so it's one of those pictures where it's like you don't want to look at it, but now you have no choice. You got to go look at it. Oh, I just seen the picture y'all was talking about earlier. Ow, ow, I'm scrolling past it. <laughs> yeah. Shane Strickland? Oh. I know. I, I just happened to open up my Twitter account. And thank you, Shin Blade. Actually, tweeted, retweeted it or liked it, and it's on. And I saw that. It's like, ah. Oh, okay. unicorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw him. I saw Masada do it to Kevin Steen. Mm-hmm. It was not pretty. It's not a pretty. I know for Beth, it's a pretty picture, but for me, it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, all right, all right. Something has happened. I'm going to want to know. Did y'all see? I don't know if y'all was there at the time it was happening. I mean, if you were up at like 3 in the morning. Yeah. The beef between this uh, Mustafa, Mustafa Ali and some uh, independent wrestler, Mr. 450. Yes. You saw um, it or you it heard was, about it? I read something about it, but what's the full story? Beth? Beth? Beth! You know, probably. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, folks. You know, our day jobs kind of sometimes take a lot of energy out. <laughs> So, yeah. all right. Oh, hey. All right, she'll come back. She'll come back. Yeah. All right. So what happened was apparently, um, from what I, I you know, I'm gonna tell you first. First off, I came upon this whole Twitter feud by accident because I got up early to feed my child, and I just happened to check my Twitter account right before I went back to sleep, and this is how I found out about it. Um. Apparently, the guy that um, the guy uh, Mustafa and his uh, independent wrestler, I think they wrestled each other before, and there was some heat there. And he said that he has that a move that he does is done by somebody that he you know does not expect or something in that regards. So the dude came. I guess the guy came back and started um, arguing with Mustafa. And it came, and in this field, I mean, in this Twitter back and forth, it came, it, it comes to find out that the other guy was, is being investigated or has been investigated on some domestic charges or something. He basically choked out his girlfriend, allegedly. That's what it was, um, the, the report that Mustafa, Mustafa actually put out himself, you know, he put a link up to the news report about what happened about what about this uh this independent wrestler. And all right, that's back. Yeah, all right, I don't go know ahead. what happened. Legit, the phone suddenly said Blog Talk Radio goodbye and hung up on me. Well, of course, Blog Dang. Talk always does that. Yeah. Um, I was just catching up. Basically, well, welcome back. But well, I was just talking about um. Mustafa, he was uh, arguing with his other independent guy. Uh, 
and in this and in, in, in the back and forth, it came up that the other guy um, had. There was a news report out on this guy that he had, had allegedly choked out his girlfriend, and and whatever. It was just, and then of course it was more back and forth. And then you know, I guess he in you know, eventually ended up blocking him, but. Before he blocked him, or after he blocked Mustafa, and of course everybody had to put in their two cents and whatever. He tweeted a he tweeted a lawyer. And his lawyer happens to be uh, somebody that represents um, Alberto um, El Patron and Page, I think. So. Apparently this dude is put some stuff out there, some stuff out there that got that he needs um to lawyer up about. And apparently, I think what got him, what got him doing that is because they brought up that um, domestic abuse charge, the domestic charge, and he says there's no rumor to it. He hasn't been charged about it. There's no there's no truth to it. But I'm like, it's out in the news, man. I mean, if you're getting mad because somebody brought it up. You need to take it up with the news reporter that put it out there. I mean, it's out there for public to see. Um, and then after that, we're gonna go back to Leo because he's put out some tweets. We don't know if there was sub tweets toward the guy or Mustafa saying something in regards of you know it's you know being a professional. And not, you know, putting business out there, so on and so forth. So I'm not sure if Leo was trying to put in, was it even in regards to what was going on? Or he was talking about somebody else? But it was kind of coincidental that it was like right after that whole Twitter feud that happened like 3 in the morning. I don't know. It seems... I mean, Mustafa Ali is not one to, you know, hold back on a lot of what he says, but I think I know what you're talking about because I think I saw something similar happen because um, the person in question, I, I mean, I saw something similar that apparently something happened between Shannon Moore and I'm guessing now his ex-wife, Julie Youngberg, because Beth Hardy inadvertently got into the middle of it. But it seems like a lot of this has been going on. On I think it just seems like a bit too much personal drama is being put out there on the inter- on social media, and it's really starting to get a little too far-fetched. So I think... Whoever Mr. 450 is, oh, I mean, I think I've heard of him. Oh, oh, oh. I, I think I have Spit. heard of his name in passing, but I don't know. It just seems like stuff like this just shouldn't be put out there. Well, while we're talking about a lot of people, while we're talking about uh, wrestlers right now, yeah, I heard about all this stuff going about going on about Enzo Mori, right? Yup. Oh yes, that guy is so, on a very, very fine line. <laughs> now, now, okay, let's, let's let's bring let's bring up what we already know. Apparently, dude is not well liked backstage. Um, 
They kind of confirmed it on Bring It to the Table. Corey Graves actually said, I don't, I, I'm inclined to believe that he was he was being truthful when he said that when they legit asked him, do you like Enzo or Morris? And he literally said no. Okay. Um, what else they said? That um, the, the incident on the bus, they, they kind of confirmed that incident on the bus. They didn't say if it was, you know, everybody said it was Roman that threw him off. But they didn't say who threw him off. But they confirmed that Enzo was on um, on the bus being a, pretty much being a loudmouth, talking, talking about his, he didn't like how his um, his place on in WWE and how he can be going off and doing something else and making much money. And basically, he was irritating his coworkers to the point that you know he got put off the bus. Um. Now, also, there were rumors that, which, you know, which also was kind of weird to me, that his buddy um, Cash wasn't backing him up. And then I'm hearing rumors that him and Cash actually had a falling, a legit falling out. So that is rumored, because I haven't found anything about that. But, you know, and then also the whole thing about, okay, y'all heard about the stripper that went on a rant on Twitter talking about Enzo, right? Yeah, quote unquote stripper. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know if this before or after. Then I'm hearing also that um, this part is also rumors that there were some issues going on that that prompted some issues between him and his real life girlfriend, where she unfollowed him and started deleting pictures of them on her Instagram. Oh man. Well, then and this now, is not going to go over well. Yep. I think it's about, I think it's, you're going to say what I was just about to read on Wrestling News Source. But go ahead. You see it on Wrestling News Source. I'm looking at it at PW Mania. So, guess, go ahead and say it. If it's what I think it is, go for it. Well, apparently this Monday night, Enzo had some friends of his backstage. And everyone here who's ever worked in wrestling knows that one of the one few places that the friends and girlfriends and fiancés really shouldn't be at is the locker room area because that's sacred ground right there. Well, apparently Enzo brought his friends backstage and the wrestlers were none too happy with the fact that he just brought random people back there. Not only that, they were taking pictures when they shouldn't have been taking pictures. And then also, they come to find out some people were missing a few items. Some things got disappeared back there. Yeah, so it looks like Enzo's time. And just now, Simon Gotch did a shoot interview in which he talked about Enzo Amore. And um, he didn't exactly have any positive things to say about him. I think his exact words were, Enzo is a fucking abortion. Oh! Yeah. So, needless to say, Enzo's stock is seriously sinking faster than the Titanic. Which begs the question: oh my Do you think he had? Do you think his days are numbered in WWE? Dude, JBL already said that the only person to ever survive getting heat backstage. 
is the Miz. And there's been a lot of people that got heat backstage. So if only the Miz is the one that's to survive that, I don't see his chances of I don't see his chances of good. All right, um, Beth, you've been a fan of Enzo and Cass since NXT days. I mean, what's your opinion about this whole thing? I mean, do you think Enzo's days are numbered? Or can you climb out of the hole like the Miz did? Enzo is not the Miz. Right. Enzo is not the Miz, okay? And first of all, I mean... If all of these things, if all of these reports and everything are true, let's see. First of all, he's gone out in public basically saying, yeah, WWE wellness policy, forget that, considering he, according to the whole thing from the stripper, he was talking about getting high and this and that and everything. Um, so... That right there, that's not some that's not somebody that you're gonna want representing your not to mention just the way he was acting makes the W the the way it's reported that he was acting makes the WWE look bad in and of itself. I think the writing is on the wall and it's only gonna be a matter of time before there no longer is a certified G and a bona fide stud. Somebody actually suggested on Twitter that pretty soon TNA's newest superstar, Anzo and more, will be appearing soon. God. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's so sad because, I mean, we can't take away from the fact that he's a fantastic talker on the mic. He can go at it all day long on the mic. But if your attitude is as bad as it is, there's one thing in wrestling you have to check, and that's your attitude. Because if you've got a bad attitude, it doesn't matter if you're the best wrestler on the planet. Your attitude is going to change that, and no one's going to want to work with you. And yep. if Enzo's not too careful, that's the direction he could be going in. And it's not something, you know, that's easily, you know, come back from. I mean, another story I read was that Enzo was actually talking to some friends in the music business. So even if he does get out of wrestling, it looks like he already has a backup plan. So it could also explain why WWE seems to be putting more of their stock in the big cast than anything else. So especially since um, they're going to have that matchup, it's going to be him versus the big show at SummerSlam, but to make sure Enzo doesn't interfere... Enzo will be locked in a shark cage hanging above the ring. Not for nothing, but why am I imagining the shark cage falling to the ring? Now, I don't know. I Enzo has that much all. heat on him. If Enzo has that uh, much heat on him, you know. I don't know. I hope not. God forbid. All right, SummerSlam. We also have SummerSlam. We have our SmackDown main event, which is going to be Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal 
for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Which I, for one, am very much looking forward to because I think this is going to be one of the better matches on the card. However, this past Tuesday, Randy Orton defeated Jinder Mahal, no outside interference, no Singh Brothers, no Great Khali. Do you think that was a good idea? Of having Randy pin the champion clean and the title wasn't on the line? Hmm. No, no. I don't believe that, but you got to admit they, uh, it wouldn't be the first time they botched booking. <laughs> and plus, I think you brought it up on Tumblr, JC. People were griping mm-hmm. over the fact of Shinsuke Nakamura's interview skills. Oh my God, man! I, I'm, I'm like, okay. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm. I can. It's me. I can understand him perfectly. I mean, I understand that you know. He's come from another country, and you know, you got to switch from Japanese to English. I mean, this is not just with Shinsuke. They said that same exact thing about, say that same thing about Oscar. I mean, I don't know. I just find it kind of, it just bugs me. Because you can hear that they're they're trying, and then, you know, you can tell that they're, you know, they're getting it's improving, and you can understand, and I can understand them perfectly. It's just me. I just think it's kind of stupid when people try to downplay them and say, like, well, he needs to, I don't understand them. He shouldn't be talking. It's like, what the hell, man? Well, I work with, I work at my job with somebody who is from Japan, and she has that heavy Japanese accent. So, I mean, I'm able to understand her. So, for me, I'm in the same boat. I can understand Shinsuke and Asuka perfectly. And I have to admit, I do kind of get a kick out when Asuka goes off in Japanese whenever she gets pissed. Because that's the one thing I, because it's like, when she starts blurting it out in Japanese, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, I mean, I did kind of notice that. And it's like, you can't knock them for their accent. You can't control an accent. When you have an accent, I mean, we all should know we all have different accents. Listen to us. Okay? But you can't control it. It's not something you could just easily take away. So I don't get why some people are criticizing. I mean, and it's not just them, too. I know they do it with Rusev. I know Rusev's a heel. He's entitled to that kind of heat. But at the same time, he's got an accent. You know, um... So I don't see what the big deal is with that. Ginger. I think more his, his. I think more with Rusev. He's more. He's playing his more because if you heard him on Total Divas from how he sounds on TV, I think because of the, the role he has to play it up a little more. Right. So yeah, I mean, I don't get why people are criticizing. 
I think I, I think the interview would have been better this past Tuesday if they didn't have the music. Then it would have been a little easier to hear the guy. If I thought interview, I'm like, okay, Renee's going to sit down and interview the guy. I didn't know they were going to do an interview slash promotional package. I was like, okay. If they didn't have the music, he would have been easily understood. If, think about it. This dude is, is, like, on the way to become champion. You think he's going to – I mean, we are – and then, you know, yeah, of course we got gender. But I just hope that what they don't do the whole evil evil foreigner deal, they turn, they turn Shinsuke heel – and then he gets I don't think Shinsuke can be heel. And I don't mean that in a sense that if they book him the right way, he can be. I think it's more the fact that I think Shinsuke, and because they can't really do that because they kind of already have that with Kevin Owens. But even then, Kevin Owens kind of put down his own country this past Tuesday night. Oh, my God. He said, who's... Who thought it was cool when he brought up the whole Montreal screw job and then also brought up okay, brought up Shane McMahon's referee pass. Oh. Continue uh, oh continuity, not continuing. Why y'all never corrected corrected me on that? I have never uh never know. But it's continuity. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny because 'cause I'm sitting here. And Kevin was talking about how Shane's referee skills, and I'm sitting here, and I literally said out loud, are they going to show the clip of him and Stone Cold Steve Austin? And sure enough, that's what they showed. And it was like, ah! <laughs> and I remember that, too. It was like the double flip. And I remember watching that, too, and it was like, oh, my God, they actually brought that up. And like someone pointed out on Tumblr, you got Kevin, um... Giving, I mean, talking, bringing up the screw job, putting down Canada, bringing up continuity, as JC put it, putting over the WWE network, putting over, and it was like all that in one promo. Only Kevin Owens could pull that off. <laughs> and he also pulled off Shinsuke's pose in the ring. <laughs> Apparently, I guess after the um, after after a show, Shinsuke. Um, Oh, what is it? No, um, in the middle of oh, it was something in the middle of the match with AJ. It was on two hundred five, and and he was in after uh, the match with AJ or something. Um, apparently, oh, Kevin Owens match. did dark. Yeah, he did. He did Shinsuke Nakamura's pose. <laughs> you mean the uh, the two hands out the front or the falling backwards in the ring? Falling backwards in the ring. Oh, ow. <laughs> you know, only... Well, he didn't do it with gracefully, but, you know, he did. <laughs> I think Nakamura's the only one who could do it gracefully, although Bailey did try that one time at an NXT show, so... <laughs> mm. Yeah. All right, well, all right. We have to. We only got about ten minutes left. We got a bit of a short show tonight, but we have to talk about the fashion files. Okay, the reason why we have to talk about it is because can someone explain what happened? Wardrobe. <laughs> um, Wait. 
Yeah, that ain't what he wardrobe. said. Wardrobe. <laughs> no, that ain't what he <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> uh, okay, I get the fa- Okay, last week's Fashion Files, of course, took a page out of the cult classic that is Twin Peaks. And apparently, the parody was so good, it actually went viral. The producers of Twin Peaks actually gave WWE props, and I believe even the guy who starred on it retweeted the clip, giving them props on it. So apparently, so last week's episode of The Fashion Files was very popular amongst the Twin Peaks crowd, so much so that they decided to run with it again this week. Um, and as you saw on the board, there were references to the um, fashion, um, Twin Peaks Fashion Files with Firewalk With Me, and there's a picture of Kane. Of course, Firewalk With Me was the name of the movie. Um, Fandango with his picture from years ago in reference to Laura Palmer. But Fandango did come back because claiming he was kidnapped by aliens and that he could have left at any time, except he didn't. And why is that? <laughs> Wardrobe. <laughs> Wardrobe. That's not what he said, Beth. Come on. <laughs> yes, he did. Really? Because I could have I heard the word ale probe. <laughs> Wardrobe. <laughs> Wardrobe. <laughs> right. Okay, we'll go with that then. Wardrobe. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But apparently the aliens gave Fandango the ability of, as he put it, clever, 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 the ability to see the future. He was trying to say the word clairvoyant, folks. Um, <laughs> and that the next man who walked in through the door would be the one that attacked Tully the horse. And it was the least person you would ever expect. And that is WWE Hall of Famer and former member of the Four Horsemen, the Enforcer, Arn Anderson. And I feel kind of bad now that I just kissed on what the whole thing was with Tully the Horse. I'm like, oh. You wait a minute, you just now figured that out? Dude, my, I was like, I, I look, man. There's some, some. Look, I'm old, man. Catch, sometimes it takes a minute. Okay, I, okay. I, I can't be one to talk. I'm the delayed reaction queen, so I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, <laughs> it took me like a full, but I should, I shouldn't be one to talk because it took me a full minute to process what had just happened on SmackDown because it was like totally. Oh, Tessa's father. <laughs> and I was like, there's somewhere Tessa's like, they really did that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was Arn Anderson who destroyed Tully the horse. And why? What was his reason? Beth? My, my only answer for everything about this segment is wardrobe. 
Wardrobe. Wardrobe. Well, R. Anderson destroyed Tully because they named him after the wrong horseman. So there's that. But it makes me afraid of what I'm going to see this coming Tuesday at SmackDown because we still don't have an answer as to, I mean, even though he said aliens kidnapped him, we still don't have an answer as to A, who trashed the office, and B, who attacked them. So it's so we still don't have an answer for that. And I'm telling you, what's the next the next mystery show? Because I mean, I can't. I don't think they're gonna stay in Twin Peaks forever. No, they can't. I mean, but it wouldn't be the first time they ran with a joke. Honestly, and this has actually been going around on Facebook. Who here remembers Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I have a feeling that we're going to... I would love, personally, I would love to see an Unsolved Mysteries parody, and then some phony phone number comes up the bottom, you know, 1-800-FASHION-CRIME or something, you know? <laughs> America's Most Wanted. Mm. Oh, God. I thought about that one. <laughs> All right, I've got Unsolved Mysteries. Jason's got America's Most Wanted. Beth, what show do you want him to parody next? And if you say wardrobe. <laughs> I still want to see something like Criminal Minds. Or I know, that's the one Ooh. show they haven't touched on yet. One of those two shows. They have to. But it truly is, you know, something... But let's face it, Even I know Jeremy, he's been here, and he said he hasn't enjoyed it, but let's face it, Fashion Files has been one of the best segments on SmackDown ever. I mean, it's truly entertaining. It's Brizango at their best. The parodies, the clues, the jokes, it's been gold ever since they've been running with it, and... Like I said, at SummerSlam, the payoff better be big because I am dying to see who they're going to have as the ones being attacking Revango. Because it has to be somebody from NXT. It's got to be. Because I don't know what other team they would have coming to SmackDown to be doing all this. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because, yeah, it's definitely something worth seeing, and I cannot wait. All right, guys, we've got a few minutes left here. Beth, why don't you inform the listening audience as to where you're going to be this weekend for anyone who's willing to meet a member of the Square Chuckle Cafe? Okay, Friday, I will be in Brooklyn, New York at... Battle Club Pro, where I will be meeting Pete Dunn, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate, better known as British Strong Style. Then, Saturday, I will be making my happy little way to Queens, where in the afternoon I will be attending Evolve, and then that evening I will be attending 
in the second ever show in the United States, Progress Wrestling. You've got to hear this card that I'm going to see for Progress, though. Progress is going to be freaking amazing. Okay. We have Walter as the Progress Atlas Championship in a match versus Matt Riddle. With a strong style, Trent Seven and Tyler Bates versus the South Pacific Power Trip for the Progress Tag Team Championship. Pete Dunn, champion, versus the gentleman Jack Gallagher for the WWE United Kingdom Championship. We have Donovan Dijak versus Timothy Thatcher in an Atlas title number one contender match. Jimmy Havoc versus Joey Janela in a no disqualification match. And we have Jimmy and Diana Perazzo versus Daria Black and Dakota Kai, as well as a triple threat match featuring Mark Haskins, Zach Gibson, and Mark Andrews. All right, well, I'm you why I'm so excited. Yes, you are very excited. So best of luck. Have fun this weekend. Once again, happy belated birthday, Beth. And I will well, we'll figure out some way of talking to you guys next week. Great. All right. Laters. Good night. Laters. Laters. To get all your progress information, follow Beth at Becky Page. Follow JC at HardyCat1027. Follow the show at SCC Podcast. Buy a shirt, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Square Circle Cafe. Like us on Facebook, Square Circle Cafe. Square Circle Cafe, for wrestling fans, by wrestling fans. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) 